Hello and welcome to Mavsplained, where we break down a topic, a trend, a piece of news, Mavs history, a little something something about the organization. Every single day we got you covered. Uh, my name is Bobby Corella. I am from Mavs Digital and joining me today as we take a, uh, a little trip down Dirk memory lane is Isaac Harris. What's up, Isaac? What's up, Bobby? Uh, we're we're going to talk about some uh, some of our favorite shots today. I actually have a question for you. What was your favorite shot that you made in your lifetime? Oh man. <laughs> um, well, I mean, there's I've made so many. You know, it can it can be anything. It can be like a nerf a nerf hoop that you were trying so hard to hit this certain shot in the offices. Or I got one for you. Actually, I got one. I your, got one. Your career. Yeah. So uh, so in. Uh, this was, I don't know, this was like 2013, 2014. I played a lot of pickup basketball at my local gym. And uh, one day, it was me and a bunch of my buddies against one of my friends' older brothers and all of his buddies. Ooh. And they had never played against us before. And uh, he and his brother, you know, they, they're like, they're brothers, so they, they obviously love each other and everything. But they have kind of like a contentious, competitive relationship. And so the game was a little personal for them. And uh, you know, we were still at the age where we're like 22, 23s, or maybe even younger than that, like 20 or 21. And so, you know, if you're a few years older, that's like significant in human years, you know, like the, the gap between 20 and 23 is like massive. And, uh, so we were like kind of intimidated, but also kind of excited. But anyway, um, it was back and forth, back and forth. We were doing win by two and we got all the way to like 15 or 16. I mean, this game was going on forever. And uh, finally it was tied and uh, I finally got the ball and just drained a three right in this guy's face to win the game. And I was like, yes, in my buddy's brother's face. And uh, yeah, it was pretty exciting. Now, obviously nothing was on the line other than like maybe a little crap talking whenever they got home. But it felt in that moment, it felt like I had won the NBA championship. And you turned around and did the Deshaun Stevenson three holding up to your face no right? actually i i found one of my buddies and did like the jump in the air and hit each other's side shoulder whatever Ooh, and, and okay. it felt like we got about 10 feet off the ground i'm sure it was more like a foot and a half but <laughs> it felt like i got a lot of air uh, what about you what's your favorite shot that you've hit oh gosh uh i did play a little bit of high school basketball but actually i'll just keep it recent and i'll say uh, there was a shot I hit at Exall Park here in Dallas. Uh, I would play down there outside uh, sometime when I lived in downtown Dallas. And uh, yeah, it was just a it was a game winner. It was a, a game that uh, a lot of people didn't. Yeah, going into it, it's like, oh, who's this guy? Uh, he can't he can't shoot a basketball. And uh, you know, it's always fun when you try to try to prove somebody wrong. Heck yeah, heck yeah. yeah. The I also would have accepted um, asking your wife to marry you feel like that's that's a an, an that's a good shot, shot. yes yes but, uh, yes but if you want to redo it we can uh this is a podcast so we could go back and re-record but uh it, it, let me know later what you decide uh the the real topic of today's show uh is we're, we're gonna i mean i don't know how you could choose just one because he made thousands of them but isaac and i are going to attempt to identify our favorite dirk shot this could be a make or a miss, but I think both of us chose makes. Uh, and it could be regular season or playoffs, but he he's had a lot of huge regular season shots. But I know a lot of people know a lot of his playoff makes, you know, like the back of their hand. They've gone back and watched the highlights so many times. So, um, like I said, it's choose to it, it's tough to choose just one, but Isaac, 
Do you think you could tell me right now your favorite Dirk shot? Yeah, so we texted about this, and I texted immediately back to Bobby, and I said, shotgun, lefty layup, uh, t- 2011 finals, game two, the the capping of that game pretty much at the end of the game. For me, that play, and really, honestly, that moment, that moment that he hits that layup there, I guess it's probably my favorite, one of my, I say one of, um, because I, yeah, the end of Jordan's career, all that stuff. But I'll say it's my favorite over the past 10 years, 10, 15 years, my favorite basketball moment that I've ever just experienced. And I mean, I experienced it sitting in my house. Uh, I was living in Kentucky at the time when that happened. So I can't imagine for somebody like you and your family and people here in Dallas and, and people who are at that game, but that, the left-handed layup by Dirk, pass Bosch, everything about that, the slight hesitation that, you know, it got, it got him just a little bit. You know, people, you kind of skip past that a little bit when Dirk, you know, turned around, caught the ball, turned around a little bit, got his butt on Bosch, and did the slight he- hesitation like he was going to do the fade, got Bosch a little bit. Uh, LeBron didn't help, uh, by the way, on that play. And then, you know, he goes in for the, the left-handed layup and, I just remember jumping off my couch. I mean, I was just going nuts when that play happened. So for me, that's not just, I mean, that's definitely my favorite Dirk shot, but it's my favorite play and favorite NBA moment for the past 15 years. I probably should have looked this up before we started doing the episode, but now I'm really curious. Everybody thinks of, um, when, when you think of like finals game winners, the most recent one, and I'm talking like, to decide a game was Kyrie's shot in 2016 in game seven. But that was like, there was like what, 50 seconds left, 40 seconds left or something. Or or maybe, maybe a little less. I don't know, but it wasn't like right at the very end. Dirk's layup to put the Mavs in front was like with three and a half seconds left. And I'm trying to think off the top of my head, I'm sure there are examples and and going back all the way into the, you know, nine, obviously Jordan shot in Utah is like the most famous shot in NBA history. Probably. And there's there's some others, but I mean that's got to be one of like a very few, like a, a maybe a single handful, maybe two, of true game winners in the finals within the final few seconds. I mean there there yeah. just haven't been many ever, and it just capped off I think everything that had happened in that game and. You know, that Miami had the one game lead. It's like, all right, and they had the lead. You know, Dallas comes back. They're down 15 with like 620 left in that fourth quarter. It's like, there's no way they're going to come back. They came back. And just at that moment, you know, before that, we might talk about, you know, some plays before that in a little bit, but just that Miami kind of tied it there with that Chalmers three. And I hated that play. I hated everything about that play. And really kind of Dirk's lefty layup kind of got Jason Terry off the hook a little bit for that, for that play. But um, you know, that Chalmers three ties it up and you're just like, your heart is just waiting. So not, not only was it just a great game and says, Hey, this game winner wins the game, but it was this comeback, crazy comeback from this Mavericks team against this super team that Miami had, you know, put together and then it all of a sudden it just made it a series. It's like, oh, now it's one one. Let's go. I mean, you can't go down 0-2. And it, there was just so much on the line at that moment. And that I mean, that just defines who Dirk is. But yeah. Well, and there's a there's a couple more layers to it too. First, you have it's his weak hand. It's his left hand. So that's pretty cool. 
Second, his left hand was a little extra weak that day. He had the the uh, sp- uh, splint on his what middle finger, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it was maybe his finger. index finger, one of those two. Uh, that he that he had hurt in game one, so it was like his weakened weak hand. And also, there's the whole narrative thing of this guy's a soft European jump shooter, and here he is in the finals taking it right at one of the most you know fearsome defenses in the NBA that season and finishing at the basket. And so it's kind of like a it's kind of like a, a, a picture-perfect example of the development and growth that he made individually throughout his career, all wrapped up into one single play. Toughness, both mentally and physically, fighting through an injury, and then also uh, showing that he can he can do what everybody else can. He can he can do it the tough way. He can take it at the basket, and uh, you know put his body through punishment um, in, inside the paint. And so that's kind of an added sort of bonus to that play is that it represents so much more than just a game winner um even though it that alone you win a you win a finals game you know inside the final three seconds that's pretty awesome you said that we we're going to talk about a play that happened before that and uh now's where we make that transition because you said like like you said immediately uh whenever i brought this up as a potential topic you're like all right shotgun game two lefty layup and i was like all right good because i was going to talk about the shot right before that and of course, I'm talking about the go-ahead three, with 24 and a half seconds left. So the the Mavericks trailed, as everybody knows by now, 88 to 73, with whatever 737, 747 left, something like that. They come on this, they go on this incredible run. Dirk ties the game with a lefty layup, 90 to 90. Miami calls another timeout, and then uh, they whatever come out of the timeout and miss a shot or turn it over. They you know they they continue to struggle down the stretch in that game. Dallas comes away with the ball. Jason Terry brings it up the floor. They'd been running 77. The Mavericks still run 77. You'll always see them run 77. That's not for Luka's number. That's a, a double – it's a double drag screen at, at the three-point arc. So, basically, the ball handler starts on the left side of the floor. You got your four and your five man come up, set a double screen for him. So, he goes from left to right or from right to left. And then out of that, you can have roll, pop. You can have rescreen. You can have all sorts of other crap that comes out of it, post-ups, everything. So the Mavericks have been doing that for basically the entire fourth quarter uh, segment of that comeback. And every single time, Dirk had set the screen and faded to the corner or popped uh, to uh, like the, the top of the arc, basically to like rescreen. So he would screen for Terry, Chandler would screen for Terry, uh, Dirk would fade to the corner, Chandler would roll, or Chandler would roll, and then Dirk would come up and rescreen for Terry, or he'd kick it over to Kid, and Dirk would go screen for Kid. And so he'd never. He never did what he did on the play that I'm talking about. And on this play, Dirk screens for Terry, Chandler screens for Terry, and then Dirk kind of jab steps like he's going to roll like he had been. In fact, the previous couple possessions, he caught it on this fade to the corner and hit a jump shot over Bosch. But this time, instead of fading, he set up his man like he was going to, and then he popped out for three. And as he popped out for three, Tyson Chandler sets this pin down on Bosch, Dirk gets a clean catch, spots up from the three-point line, lets it go. It's the most beautiful three-point shot you've ever seen in your life. It's nothing but net, of course. Puts the Mavs up three. The crowd is just like losing its mind. And this is what sets it apart for me more than anything. And there's a lot of stuff I love about this play. But after he made it, he turns to the crowd and he shows them. He holds up the three fingers. And it is just the most, it is the most badass thing ever. And and that's another example of if if you want to look really far into this of Dirk's development, 
as this uber confident closer is that he made this shot he ripped this fan base's heart out and then he let him know about it you know and that's just so awesome to me that he was able to do that and then you know Tyson's right behind him holding up his 3-2 like kind of reinforcing like yeah that just happened and the bench is going nuts and Dirk looks like he's in another dimension and and even Rick Carlisle was like he was kind of fired up after that shot went in too showing emotion yeah I mean it was just in in that moment you thought yeah the Mavericks are going to win the game no matter what and then of course 20 seconds later Mario Chalmers is like uh 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 you know we're, we're still in this thing and Dirk had to win it with your shot but Whenever he made that shot, that was like the the peak sports moment of my life up to that point. Just this this just beautiful three in transition that, uh, you know, even though this guy's knocked for being soft and, and shooting jump shots and stuff, the fact that he took a jump shot to put his team up with 24 seconds left is like it's like a fu to that whole narrative i don't know i don't know maybe i'm looking too far into it but that that was that's my answer and every time i see that shot i still get the the juices still get flowing a little bit and that was like the 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 capper of the comeback because that was the first time they really took the lead you know the that that sean marion layup you know tied it up and it's like they completed the comeback blah, blah blah tied game but for them to fully take the lead was that shot. And something I'm curious, you might know this, but was that like designed or was that just Dirk improvising in that play of like, no, I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to do something that I've never done with this play right now and pop out right here with Tyson kind of pinning my guy down. Was that just a Dirk thing you think? Uh, Well, it's like a read out of it. So, and, and there's a, there's a chance that in the, previous timeout because the Mavs tied it up at 90 Miami called a timeout and so there's a chance that in that huddle they were like okay look for the pin down you know look for the pot for three if we run it again because Miami had called I think three timeouts during that run two or three timeouts up until that point so in that huddle you know Eric Spolster is drilling them like he's gonna fade to the corner don't let him get open for that little 18 footer like you know guard the guard the fade guard the roll all that stuff you know like beat him there don't let him beat you to the spot and uh so that's kind of a little adjustment out of it but that's the whole point of the flow offense right is that you can sort of it's it's not the triangle because it's different but both systems are kind of set to where the players can sort of do what they want based on the way the defense is playing them and so if Dirk feels like his guy's cheating off him a little too much then uh you know and and if especially if Tyson's man is ignoring Dirk altogether. He thinks Tyson's yeah. going to roll, so he's like out of the picture. That's Haslam and Bosch. If if you can turn Dirk and Tyson versus Haslam and Bosch into a two-on-one, then you know that Chandler can pin Dirk's man and Dirk has an open look for three. And so that's a really simple read out of it. Uh, it might have been called in the huddle. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess maybe one day I'd like to ask Dirk about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just the – it's the freedom that they're kind of given to, to make – reads like that in the moment based on how they're being played because I think that even adds a little bit to the beauty of both of our plays I mean arguably two of the biggest shots and plays in in franchise history and for Dirk's you know career here that you know you can make a case that both of these both of these shots came at like Dirk just improvising on the play like even you know in my shots like man yeah he got he got you know he turned around got his butt into Bosch but then he kind of read that it's like you know, Dirk having one of the most unstoppable shots of all time. You you almost felt you almost guarantee it's like all right here comes the here comes the fade right now at the end of the game. But he read that he read that he got Bosch a little bit with that hesitation. He got past him. He got for a left handed layup of all shots. What? And so 
that play combined with your play of reading that and popping out for that three, it's like, it just goes into just the brain, the brain of Dirk and how smart he is on the court. But even in the highest of high moments in the finals at the end of a game in Miami down Oh one that he trusted his instincts on this thing and made both of those shots happen, man. It's yeah. Incredible. And you wonder too, I mean, Dirk had made a couple shots before that three and, and, you know, all throughout game two, he hadn't really had his best game, but he scored what their last, um, I think nine points he scored at the end of the game. If he hadn't made a jump shot, a couple jump shots before that three, and if they didn't have all the momentum and everything, I'm not sure he would have spotted up for the three, you know? And if he hadn't made a few jump shots in a row, I'm not sure Bosch would have been sitting on the one legged fade. So maybe the layup wouldn't have been there. So everything that he was doing was kind of setting up that one shot. And then once he hits a couple jumpers, once he hits a three, if you're Bosch, you're like, okay, I, I cannot let him shoot over me. And and I remember uh, we, we replayed game two on Fox Sports Southwest the other day. Uh, during the play, Jeff Van Gundy, whose commentary is like all over all of Dirk's best moments, and it really kind of like is, is a, uh, unfortunate that that's how it worked out, but uh, – in the in the moment he's like they put Bosch on Nowitzki and yeah. I always thought like eh whatever but I'm thinking well Bosch is like a little more athletic than Dirk and also he's longer than or he's more athletic than Haslam arguably more athletic than Dirk and he's also much longer than Haslam too and so if the Heat were trying to prevent Dirk from getting a clean jumper then maybe Bosch is the right move because he's a little longer he can get a hand a little more in Dirk's face but the fact that it wasn't Haslam who's a little yeah. thicker, who's a little sturdier, stronger, uh, a little more scrappy than Bosch, maybe that gave Dirk the the confidence that he needed to say, if I put it on the floor, I can I can, I can beat Bosch, uh, use my strength against him. I, I, I don't know, but I mean... And, and, it, and that, that point in particular, in, I think it's game one, Van Gundy and Mark Jackson say on the broadcast, they say, you know, Dirk praised Haslam as one of the best like defenders at his position in the game. And because when I watched game one, I made a note of that. And I was like, huh, I don't like remember that back then that, you know, I know like Haslam's good, but the fact that like Dirk would praise him like that. So I do wonder if it's one of those things where Dirk came out of the huddle and it's like, Hey, Bosch is on you. If he's like, all right, well, it's barbecue chicken right here. So let's go. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I don't know off the top of my head if Bosch guarded Dirk much more before or after that. I mean, it oh, seemed yeah. like Haslam was on him all the time and, and Miami made the adjustment in game three. Uh, Dallas was down and Dirk took a shot to, I believe win the game or maybe tie the game. I don't remember uh, what the situation was, but it was at the buzzer. And Haslam was on him this time. It wasn't Bosch anymore. Mm. And if you remember in game four, uh, Dirk's layup, which would ultimately serve as the game winner, this was with, I don't know, 30 seconds left or a minute left or something. Dirk got it at the elbow, very similar to the Bosch play. But again, it was Haslam on him and not Bosch. Yeah. So after Dirk beat Bosch once, Miami was like, okay, we're making an adjustment. (laughs) We're sticking with Haslam for the rest of the series. Because Miami really wanted Bosch on Dirk that play. It wasn't like a switch because they even ran, you know, Dirk ran, ran Bosch through the screen by LeBron, and LeBron could have easily switched on to Dirk at that point, and, and that would just been even Which is a better. Ama- amazing that he didn't. I know. I feel like, like he that, would now, right? I mean, I, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. If that, if that game were played today, he would absolutely switch. Yeah, and Bosch had to fight through that screen, and, you know, he fought through it. So Miami clearly wanted Bosch guarding Dirk on that play. And uh, I, I wonder, yeah, I wonder if they would want things different nowadays. But It's weird to think of how different 
Dirk's career might be. Now, now my my shot that I chose, the go-ahead three, it was huge in the moment. But like you said, because Chalmers hit the ensuing three, it really came down to your shot, the layup. And I wonder how different his career might look and how different history might have been had he missed that layup or had yeah. he settled for a jump shot and missed that jump shot. And maybe Miami goes on to win in overtime, or maybe he misses the layup. Miami gets the rebound, goes down, and and wins the game. Or Miami takes the inbounds pass, and Wade hits that prayer at the buzzer that oh, only God. missed by like an inch and a half. And every time he shoots that, I think this is going to be the time where I wake up in reality, and it goes in, and Miami goes on to win the series in five. And I just think like that layup, like kind of, kind of saved everything you know yeah. it's it is hard to imagine how the Mavs would have responded now I know that team was different but you blow a game on a kind of a, a brain fart like Jet had who's confident going into overtime you know in, yeah. in that situation and so I just wonder man like that shot kind of saved the world as we know it you know yeah yeah and I mean just how that play, you know, played out. That that Wade shot at the buzzer. A shot's never been in the air long longer than that shot, in my opinion. Uh, my I just my heart in that moment. Every time, like you said, I just like wait for it. And but the moments after that buzzer, we get some of the most iconic moments too. And it, it, the you know Dirk standing there, the fist out, Wade laying on the ground. And then the teammates running over and pounding Dirk's chest. And he's just in this trance of this, like, soaking it in, figuring out what the heck just happened. You know, did this really just happen? Everybody's just hyping him up. And I, I just, yeah, it, in a weird way, it's like you still, like, if you get really into rewatching game two and that final fourth quarter run and that those final moments, if you really get back into it, like, I get chills sometimes if I'm, like, really into the game. I still get chills to this day, like, rewatching those moments and the end of that game. It's a special moment. Dude, absolutely, man. It's a, it's a moving experience, you know? Yeah. I mean, these guys, right after the buzzer, they're, like, sprinting out on the floor and one by one saying, that's what you do. Like, man, you're you're a bad man. You're a bad – I mean, you got Al Whitley, you got Corey Brewer, Brian Cardinal. Sarah Melton is in there saying, well done. Great, shaking great, great job hand. or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, it's just the most wholesome, like, I don't know. It's kind of – it's just – it's a really, really powerful thing, you know. And, and yeah. it just reinforces that, like, every single one of those guys was aware of not only how good Dirk was, but also how much this meant to him and how much that series meant to him and – how much he meant to them and for them. And like, I, it, it was just, it was an incredible, incredible thing, man. That was, that was one of the best nights. Seriously. No, I don't even need to give it the sports qualifier. If you're a Mavs fan, that was one, probably one of the five or 10 best nights of your life. You know? Yeah. Okay. They can't all be yeah. finals game. What, what, what's that? What's that? What's that? No, what? I was going to ask you the same thing. Do you have any honorable mentions? Both of ours, same game in the matter of minutes uh, from each other. But do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, yeah. So outside of the hours of 9.30 and 9.35 uh, Central <laughs> Time on, on June June 3rd, I think. June 2nd. June 2nd. I mean, there, like I said, man, there's a lot. So... I guess uh well I don't know man let me let me think about it Let, let's start with you and see if uh see if we overlap at all. Okay. This one is this one's a kind of a deep down. I think it's his third season. Um uh, and this I mean a dunk is a shot. So I'm going for it here. 
2000-2001 season against the Sonics. Patrick Ewing, Seattle Supersonic. Famous Supersonics great, Patrick Ewing. Yes, famous, famous uh, Supersonic. Goes out on the wing to try to guard Dirk. uh, I think on the left wing, left corner. Dirk pump fakes and goes in and throws down one of the nastiest one-handed dunks over, I think it's Rashard Lewis, and then it's either one of Desmond Mason or Vin Baker. One of those two. I know it's in the 40s. The number is those in the 40s. Those are some great NBA names, man. But but it's just one of those things where, I mean, we could go all day on the the crowd that's like, oh, Dirk's is not very, you know, very athletic, whatever. I'm like, please just go watch, you know, the beginning of Dirk's. Man. Anyway, but that – that dunk, I think it could be my favorite dunk of Dirk's career. So I had to put that on there for me. Ooh, that's a that's a tough one, your favorite dunk. There's only like 10 or 15 to choose from, but <laughs> there's some good ones. The one against the Kings, I want to say that was 02, maybe 03. Was that uh, the on Vladi one? Yeah, or, yeah. He had like a couple he, he against got a, the Kings. He got around Weber. Uh, yeah, finished. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a very famous gif. Um, I, the first one that comes to mind is uh, 2013 against the Bulls, capping off another comeback Ooh. with a three from the wing. Uh, Vince and he and Vince were just like hot potatoing it back and forth to each other, and the beard, was that yeah, the, beard? the beard season, yeah, that's what it was. And okay. uh, it was the I think the day before Easter or the day after Easter or something. And uh, Vince kicks it over to Dirk on the left wing, who drains a three to put the Mavs ahead again with you know two or three seconds left, and he hits it and turns around, sticks his tongue out, and the the beard is just like you can see the sweat dripping off the beard. It's disgusting, uh, but but that's that's kind of the first one that comes to mind outside of uh, the playoffs. But then of course there's uh, 2006 against the Spurs, Game Seven. Yeah, uh, the layup over I guess Bowen and Ginobili and Duncan like was kind of there. Yeah, it's been the, the gravity, the laws of gravity. Man, thank thank God for that. Uh, but those are two that really jump to mind right away. What are some of your other ones? Uh, I had one, I had one, uh, I think this was, yeah, it was definitely a regular season game, but 2011, 2012 season. So right after winning the title, they're facing the magic. Ooh, yes. This is a good one. The, the, uh, he do, how do you want to say his last name? Turkaloo? Turkaloo. Did I say it right? Okay, good. Um, he does. I mean, this is one of my favorite one legged fade shots. He gets the full leg into, into him he fades back so far and it's like the most beautiful bank shot I've ever seen. It literally like kisses the glass hit, goes straight through the net and then he turns it around with the tongue out like MJ. And I just, I love that play by Dirk. I love it. It is a beautiful bank shot, but it's the nastiest shot ever. It is such a gross shot. Like <laughs> it's, it's seriously like if, if, Larry Bird was messing around in layup lines. That's how he would shoot a shot. But Dirk took yeah. that to win a game, and that was like, that was right before the buzzer. I mean, that that was the final couple. Yeah, seconds like put too. him up by two. Yeah, with yeah, I think I, the Magic had one possession after that, but still, it, yeah, yeah, that was a that was a nasty shot. Um, another one that comes to mind is this is like less. It's less of a awesome shot and more of just a cool moment. The shot whenever he scored thirty thousand, that was an incredible yeah. moment. Uh, the the fadeaway over Larry Nance, but more importantly, the three pointer he hit a few minutes after that. Because after Dirk scored thirty thousand, the Lakers didn't call timeout. They they didn't do like the polite thing and and stop the clock so everyone could give him an ovation. And so there was like forty five seconds to a minute of just real haywire basketball of like. 
I don't think anybody scored for a little bit after that shot because the, the crowd was going nuts and like the players were like not really paying attention and there were a couple turnovers. It's like wild, wild preseason level basketball. And then the Mavs come away with the ball, kick it out to Dirk. Dirk pump fakes, sidesteps, takes a dribble, and just cans a three. And the place just blew <laughs> up. And LA had no choice but to call a timeout then. And that's whenever the players came out and mobbed Dirk. It, it was an absolute fu to uh, to basketball justice for uh, from basketball justice, I should say, for not calling a timeout. But it was just a, it was a savage three. And I, obviously, you know, this is like 37, 38 year old Dirk. He didn't pump fake at all. He didn't fake no. anybody out at that stage of his career, but he had it cooking so much that night that whoever it was on the Lakers did not stand a chance. I mean, he flew like out of the frame, and Dirk took a dribble to the side and just canned one. It was awesome. And we, and we were both in the building that night. I just remember that's when I think back, uh, the, my favorite games that I've been to, I think that's one of my top five games, just everything around that night and the atmosphere and just that first quarter and that those moments when he hit those shots and it was just, yeah, erupting. Um, I'll actually keep it with the Lakers. The, the fade over Randall in 2015-16 where Kobe hits him on the butt. Yeah. Uh, I, I just – I know I did, that shot didn't, like, decide a game or anything, but – just that moment of him hitting that shot and Kobe there and Kobe being on his own bench, but you know, in the suit, but still like showing the respect to Dirk. They both have this like huge respect to each other. And uh, I just, I always love that moment seeing that play. And if you go back and watch the replay closely, you'll see Tariq Black stare daggers at Dirk as he turns around. Cause I think no he, way. he thought Dirk was about to like talk some crap or something. And then once he saw Kobe dap him up, he was like, okay, okay. But in the moment, if you go back and watch a slow motion replay, you'll be like, he is about to get swung on <laughs> in that moment. Dang. It's awesome. Another big shot against the Lakers also from 2011, the fadeaway and one over Powell. Uh, mm. This is in the fourth quarter, right at the end of game two. It was basically the dagger. I mean, they were already up double digits by then, but he hit that shot and uh, turned around and goes, and one, right at the Mavs bench, and probably cusses a couple times after that too. But that was another one where he hit that shot. You knew they were about to go 2-0 on the, on the Lakers, and that's like that was winning a championship in and of itself, you know, yeah. going up big on those guys. So that's that's another one. One of my favorite series of all time is that series. Uh, really, I mean, Lakers, that OKC series is like Dirk's peak. Gosh, that was insane. And I shouldn't say peak, but like peak Dirk moments for me was that like Dirk, uh, OKC going nuts and 48 and all this stuff. But, uh, okay, I only have one more because, I mean, literally we could do this all day with Dirk's career. Yeah, we, 2014, we should. We should. We should have a Dirk marathon. <laughs> Dirk marathon. 2014. 41 hours. Hey. Don't tell I I'd be down for it. Forty one straight uh, hours of, of Twitch streaming. Just Twitch streaming Dirk, Dirk content. If you just played all of his sorry, sorry. <laughs> we'll no, get to your shot eventually. <laughs> if you played every single one of his makes start to finish, it honestly he he played for so long that it might be forty one hours. I would be down for something like this. Uh that's a good note sure. to make and I will I will look into it. Should we text J Lim right now? <laughs> yeah, just please get on that. Please get on that. Um, okay. Well, yeah, this one is a, this was just a fun moment, but 2014, 15 all-star game, Steph Curry to Dirk Nowitzki for the oop. And then the Vince Carter point to the sky. I, I just like that actually brought out a like audible laugh from me when I watched it and was just smiling ear to ear. Like, 
What a and and not just like us as fans, but seeing all the players smile and laugh and truly enjoy that moment. I I just I love that. So that's technically a shot by Dirk, even though he I don't mean, he tiptoed basically, barely dunked. But uh, it was uh, he threw it amazing. down. He threw it Th- down. threw it down. Okay, he even made Tim Duncan laugh with that shot. Even Tim Duncan smiled. I mean, Steve Kerr was losing his mind. KD and Russell Westbrook were like the first guys off the bench. They loved it. Lamarcus Aldridge loved it. It was like even Anthony Davis was like giving an interview during that play and like stopped giving the interview to turn around and laugh like it, it was it was really cool man that was probably I did this uh, podcast with Mike Frailer a few weeks ago so if if you're interested check it out talking about the history of the Mavs in the All Star game and aside from Rose confidence baby confidence I think Dirk's alley oop at Madison Square Garden is probably your biggest Mavs moment ever in the All Star game. And that's Dang. that's very fitting because Dirk was never really a guy who like got too into the games themselves. But throwing down an alley oop is like that's the most all starry he ever got. Yeah. Did Josh Howard have a big moment? I guess not. I don't think so. I mean, Luca had what he hit back to back threes this year. I mean, that was pretty cool. That's but true. the the biggest shot he hit that weekend was in the rookie sophomore game that that half court buzzer beater. Yeah, but, and leaning into Trey and all yeah, that. Yeah, but that wasn't that's yeah. that wasn't the real game, so it doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't count. Doesn't count. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, there there are so many that we could talk about, but um, it it's been fun to relive the finals. Obviously, just you know to give us something to watch and everything, but just to be reminded, like not that you and I needed any reminding, but just of how much of a murderous psychopath Dirk was in 2011. Yeah, I mean, he was always really good. I'm not sure there was anything personally different with him, but there was definitely something different with the team that year. And uh, he just did not take any crap from anybody ever. And uh, he found a he found a level that very, very few players have ever been able to replicate before or since. And to your point about OKC, I believe I did this research uh, after the, the rewatch. I want to say only seven players have ever averaged more points per game in a Western Conference final than Dirk wow. did and uh, obviously like LeBron uh, well LeBron did it in the east so he doesn't count um, like Kobe and Kareem and a few other guys like a few other obvious choices have done it but I mean the list is very short Dirk had Dirk had a series for the ages and uh, that was one of four incredible series that he played that summer yeah oh yeah that that OKC series I mean that's one I know we can be biased about it but that's one of the most impressive playoff runs uh, of all time that they went through the Lakers there defending champs going for the three Pete Lakers, you know? And so, uh, and then that OKC team with Durant and them, you know, there's plays that, yeah, you could pull off highlights and shots from, you know, he pulled off a similar left-handed layup in that OKC series. Uh, that's kind of, I wonder if it, that any bit of that play played through his head in that, you know, fast forwarding to game two of the finals there, but just the, the players, the all-time great players that he went through in those series and the stats in that OKC series is just Dirk was just on a whole different ball game, a whole different level at that point. I could watch it all day. And a 9-0 run to end game two. And, mm. uh, man, just, just incredible, incredible stuff, man. Well, this is fun, Isaac. Thank you for coming on and, uh, and reliving some, some of the best moments of our lives. You got that right. Best, yes, best moments of our lives, and uh, 
Dirk is, uh, yeah. And now we, uh, what are we going to be doing 20 years from now? Are we going to be reliving Luka Doncic top moments and top shots? And we talk about these plays that Dirk, you know, has had throughout his career. And a lot of these shots that we mentioned were these big time playoff moments. And hopefully over the next year or so, we can experience some big playoff moments for the Mavs and uh, see some big, what, what new memories will Luka Doncic have in the playoffs? That's something we can all look forward to. What was Luka's best shot during his fourth title run? <laughs> and, uh, we'll, we'll have some real hot debates about that. But until then, it's always fun to look back at Dirk. It will never get old, even as we do, you and me, Isaac. Uh, until next time, he's Isaac. I'm Bobby. Let us know, uh, Isaac L. Harris and Bobby Corella on Twitter, what are some of your favorite Dirk plays, Dirk shots, Dirk game winners, buckets, maybe even you really like a dunk or a block or an assist that he made or something. What's your, what's your favorite Dirk thing? Share it with us on Twitter. Let us know. Uh, subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to them. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, other platform that you listen to that I didn't mention that you're upset about. Tweet that at me too so I give it a shout out on the next episode. And we will see you then on Mavs Plane.